I'm Robin Amlo of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me is Julian Travasini, Head of Financial Services for Valtech. And our topic for discussion, the threat of big tech to banks and financial services institutions. Is there a threat? Is this real or imagined, Julian? For me, the, the threat is real. The big tech, with their very large customer base, have the ability to become a fierce competitor to traditional banks. The recent discussion paper from the FCA is a testament to this. We are seeing more and more partnership between banks, insurance, and big tech, especially in the US and the UK. For now, I see that as a win-win situation, where both find their mutual benefits providing each other with their expertise, risk management capabilities, and customer base. But going forward, with the big tech increasing their skills, technology maturity, we could see them wanting to take more risk and move into the regulated space. Let me give you a few examples of what exists today. The obvious one is digital wallets, such as Google Pay, Apple Pay. They are, of course, widely used by consumers today. In the UK, Apple has partnered with Barclays to provide financing service on Apple Store. Apple has recently acquired as well Credit Kudos, a UK-based fintech credit reference agency. And finally, Amazon provides business insurance in collaboration with Superscript and offers general insurance products provided by London General Insurance Company on its e-commerce website. So here we have a good example on how big tech have started to move into financial services. For now, most of those initiatives are partnership with well-established players. But in my view, this is just the beginning. We'll see more and more initiative with or without existing players, and it will come out on the market gradually. However, we should not forget that banking is highly regulated and that with the recent example of FTX, I don't believe that we are moving away from regulation of financial market. You brought back in the issue of regulation there. That is that is the stumbling block, I would say, the key stumbling block to big tech firms moving into financial services. They don't surely want the heartache, heartbreak and headache of having to be regulated when they can perfectly easily shop around for a partner who's got all that baggage, whether it's a bank or a financial services institution of whatever coloration, and say, let's partner, we'll give you access to our customer base, you give us access to your regulatory framework. Surely that makes sense that it's not going to go further than that. It makes sense as a first step for me. Because of course, it's much easier for them to just leverage on their customer base and not to take too much risk and enter the regulated space. But going forward, it depends on how much benefit they can reap and they can get from moving into the regulated space. And if they see that it's adding value to their business, it's bringing more benefits than constraints. I think that then big tech will want to leverage on that experience, will want to leverage on their customer base uh, and try to navigate inside the regulated market. Well, it was, I guess, way back in 1994 that Bill Gates said, we need banking, not banks. Is this coming true, therefore, three decades on? 
That's a good question. I would say not quite. Banks are still, as of today, a key element of the financial ecosystem, and their systemic importance is highlighted by regulators. We have seen over the last few years initiatives in the blockchain sphere going into that direction. So let's take the example of DeFi. We could argue that DeFi is exactly what Bill Gates had in mind to enable banking without banks. But we can see today that we cannot get rid of regulation. Moreover, for me, actually, regulation is the key to grow and develop further decentralized finance. And even with what happened recently with FTX, in a way, I see a greater need for decentralization with the right amounts of regulation. Let's look at this from the bank's perspective, then. If I'm sitting in my bank boardroom and I'm looking to the future, what strategy do I need to be pursuing to make sure that I survive and thrive? That's a good question. My view is only strategies with a customer-obsessed approach to optimize and facilitate the consumption of their service will win. Their strategy and services must be designed to maximize the value to their customer journey. Banks clearly need new strategies that include the relationship between clients, market, and technology. One example in terms of how you develop the strategy is I had had a conversation with one of our clients and they told me on how they educate their board and how it's difficult for them to take the good technology decision. They have a short focus and they're not prepared to invest for the change that are coming. This is where we need to help them and this is where banks will struggle. Defining the strategy for me especially for the smaller bank, is, as I said, difficult. And to take the right decision implies daring to change. It implies also deciding on critical business questions like, do you keep a strategy as a standalone model as we have today? Do you start thinking about building a platform? Or do you say, I want to develop services for non-banking platform? Of course, not all strategy will apply on, to all the banks. And each bank will have to kind of design the best strategy for them. But really what I see coming as one of the key strategy in the future is banking as a platform, where the bank owns the client relationship and provide an ecosystem as well. A second model that could work as well is the bank will provide services to non-bank platform. That's embedded finance, effectively, the second point you raised there. Exactly. That's embedded finance. And that's that's really about frictionless transaction. That's about open banking. That's everything that is being put in place today will enable embedded finance. It's really having a customer experience, a customer journey that embeds banking services and not just a product that you push to your customers. I've heard some of that rhetoric before from banks, obviously not with quite such a, a technological push behind it, but everybody in banking and financial services now talks about personalization, hyper-personalization, customer experience, customer focus. I've heard all that before, and it was just lip service. Is it more than lip service this time? I guess it has to be because this could be make or break for banks. Clearly. They need to do more and they need to act quickly. I heard that as well. And they need to change. They need to come from their product-focused approach to move to really a, a service-oriented approach and a customer-obsessed, as I like to call it, approach. 
because having just great product is not good enough and you need to provide service and the experience that go with it to your customers. We have the example of new banks that they be at the forefront of having really a really good customer experience, a good customer journey, and they have been able to leverage on that to build a large customer base. Another example is big tech. They're really good at it. They've built massive customer base uh, and they're really obsessed with the customer experience and focus on providing the best experience to, to their customers. Well, that brings me to the true future of banking. What is it? What will the bank or the financial service institution look like in 10 years, in 20 years? Will there actually be a financial services institution or will it be a department of Amazon or a department of Meta or whichever? Will the bank be distinguishable still in the future? That's a great question. I will start with talking about resilience because what we have seen since the 2008 crisis and with the COVID pandemic is that banks have built a lot of resilience with high capital buffers and stronger governance and processes. I believe personally that bank will still be there in 10, 20 years. They have such strong ties to the broader economy, deep relationship with corporates and institutional clients as well. And they will still play a key role on how our economy operates. And the ecosystem will be different. And we talked about MDN finance, it will be there and will be fully implemented. So what are the change? The change... However, is the way they interact with their customer. Open banking will be fully adopted in 10, 20 years. There will be frictionless transaction, innovation in the financial services much broader, and banks will have to work with an ecosystem and have less ownership of their customers. This reduction of ownership will drive the rise of experience versus products. We could think about roles. What are the roles that the banks will have. I think we'll have less bankers. We'll have more data scientists, AI specialists, blockchain integrators, more compliance and risk programmers. But banks also need to invest in people, in teams that do capital ventures because clearly they need to invest in fintech. The organization will become more focused on core competencies than what it was before as a design in terms of product and business line. And what could be a modern bank? Modern bank, we talked a little bit about it before, but it's it's a bank as a platform. It's a hub. It's not the omnichannel capabilities that will count, but it's a capability to be channel agnostic. What is key is the ability to create services and to foster internal innovation to keep up with the new trends. And banks need to make the right partnership as a lot of their revenue will come from non-bank channels. And finally, when we talk about big tech and fintech uh, in 10, 20 years, uh, my view is that a lot of fintech will disappear, which is normal cycle. Will banks look like more uh, tech firm in 10, 20 years? Yes, and that transformation is already in motion. However, the differentiator between tech firm and banks is the regulation, and this will remain. And do I see also a fintech player becoming a, a massive banking player or bank? Yes, I think it's possible. We, we have example already in the payment space with likes of checkout.com, which have like valuation bigger than some of the banks. So it's coming. There are a couple of points I, I, I'd pick up on there. One, one is, I think, 
what you said about how the banks become tech firms. Bank branches are perhaps not going to cease to exist, but they're not going to exist in the way we understand them now. They're going to be multi-brand branches where they exist. They're going to be coffee shops with a banker sitting in a corner. They might even be any other form of retailer that hasn't also migrated online and become multifunctional. The banks themselves will be offering, and you mentioned this, ranges of services that are non-financial. Yes, that's true. There will be a massive change in the way bank branches operate. It's not sustainable to have a bank that will have their own branch network and just push their product. They need to be pushing services. They need to join forces and to be a place where people want to go. We have seen that the number of people going to a bank branch have decreased massively in the recent year and even more so with the pandemic. Clearly, now you need to bring back people. And if you want people to go to a place, to a bank, to a branch, you need that to be attractive and you need to provide more services and you need to join the different type of services. So it's a place where you learn, you educate people, you exchange. So it, it will change massively. And uh, we are not there yet. And banks need to think about how they can do that and how they can transition their bank and branch network into something new. Julian Traversini, Head of Financial Services at Valtech, thank you very much.